Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm Jane Jericho, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Today's episode brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers lead story is actually an NFL lead story as the NFL and the NFL Players Association have agreed to their COVID-19 testing protocols. According to Tom Pelissaro of NFL Network, he says in a Twitter thread, quote, the NFL and NFLPA agreed to daily COVID-19 testing for the first two weeks of camp, after which they'll look at positivity rates. If the rate drops below 5% for players and tier one, tier two individuals, They'll move to every other day. Important deal as talks continue on other issues. He continues, players will need multiple negative tests before they're allowed to be in the building for physicals or team activities. That's a lesson the NFL has taken from other pro leagues. Take it slow. NFL Chief Medical Officer Dr. Alan Sills says test results are expected within 24 hours. One other point worth noting on the daily testing, the NFL contracted with a national lab to make sure their testing needs didn't take resources away from local markets, which Dr. Sills said was, quote, a driving force for us. No negative impact on local supplies for hospitals. So, David, it sounds like the NFL is starting to get everything lined up and ready to uh, to kick things off as a lot of teams are going to start reporting to to training camp just this week. And real quick, before I kick it over to you, the NFLPA issued this brief statement real quick on the testing procedures. Quote, our union has been pushing for the strongest testing, tracing, and treatment protocols to keep our players safe. The testing protocols we agreed to are one critical factor that will help us return to work safely and gives us the best chance to play and finish the season, end quote. Yeah, and of course, you know, all this all this information comes off the heels of on Sunday, a lot of NFL players went to social media and posted very similar type uh, messages. So, you know, obviously it was a coordinated uh, effort uh, between the players, call it a protest, call it a sign of unity, whatever you want to call it, um, basically going on record talking about how they weren't happy and satisfied with what the league uh, had done to protect the players. And, you know, it's become become kind of a hot topic conversation or hot button conversation with, you know, some players, guys like Donovan Smith, you know, expressing some concerns and even some doubt on whether or not they would even feel comfortable playing. And I know one of the big talking points was is trying to, to allow that to happen, but the players are, are well within their rights and are smart to, to try to protect their welfare and their, their health and their careers as well. Because, you know, I mean, we, we've heard some stories. I mean, you know, there, there's the recovery rate and the mortality rate and all that stuff aside, there have been, you know, plenty of people who have, you know, become afflicted or whatever you want to call it with the coronavirus who you lose. I mean, you can lose lung capacity. You can lose part of the use of your lungs if this gets bad enough. 
And when you talk about professional athletes coming out here and putting this on the line, you know, I understand they can tear an ACL, they can dislocate a shoulder, get a concussion, all that. But this is something that's a little bit more unique. You can't get, you know, coronavirus because you get tackled by a linebacker. I, mean, I understand the physical contact can, but the, the simple act of tackling isn't what's going to cause your injury. So it's not kind of something that just comes with the territory. This is, this is a unique uh, situation that these players need to be comfortable that they're protected from as much as possible, you know. Uh, so I don't have a problem with the players kind of asking for these things. And, and you know, we're, we're still a ways away from the season and from everything kind of really getting spun up. And, I mean, if there was a player who decides to sit out, I wouldn't necessarily blame them. I don't know that I would take that same course of action that they're taking, you know, by sitting out. But you can't blame a guy for taking the opportunity to do what he feels is, is right for himself and his family when he has the opportunity to do so. And these guys, listen, they make millions of dollars. So if a guy like Don Smith chooses to sit out and he can afford to do so, I mean, more power to him. That's what he does his work for is to afford his opportunity, afford his family the opportunity to make these decisions. Uh, so I'm not going to hate on him for, for taking that liberty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is just one, <clears throat> this is just one step in the right direction as, as teams begin reporting the Buccaneers will be reporting to training camp at the end of this week. And uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a learning curve for everybody involved. You know, the, the NFL players wanted to feel that they were being protected and they were going to be in a safe work environment. And, and I 100% support that. I understand that. And, you know, there isn't a protocol for stuff like this. You know, the leagues are not prepared for stuff like this. Employers are not prepared for stuff like this. States, cities, counties, nobody's prepared for something like this because it's not something we've ever had to go through. So we're all kind of learning as we go. It's nice to see that, you know, they're getting these things done. It is a little unfortunate that, you know, it did take kind of that, that player uh, mission or, 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 you know, Twitter campaign or, or whatever you want to call it to, to go ahead and get this done right now as they're getting ready to prepare. This should have been something that the NFL should have had done a little bit sooner. But, again, we're all learning as we go here, and it's important to get it right more so than – then get it done faster. It's not about who's first. It's about who's, who's correct, ultimately. So with that, uh, you know, coming up in just a minute, David and I are going to talk a little bit about, uh, about some of these Madden rankings that we saw trickling out last week. Of course, this is the first time David and I have done the, done the show since that happened, so we're going to talk about that. But first, we have to talk about our friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. It's a Tuesday edition here of the Locked On Bucks podcast, and David and I are going to talk a little bit 
about Madden 21. Always one of the most highly anticipated games of the year, even though it really doesn't change from year to year. You ever notice that, David? We are the suckers that shell out $60 a year for the same game we bought the year before, and really all we're getting is updated rosters and uniforms. Are you sure you want to get me on this topic? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Madden video game itself, I think pretty much everybody that plays football video games agrees. This has been, been a pretty significant disappointment. I would say that in the, in the ratings of relativity, it's a bigger disappointment than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers franchise has been since it won the Super Bowl. I think if you go between 2003 and 2020, the Madden franchise has fallen off and has stayed down. Uh, more significantly than the Buccaneers franchise has. Uh, that being said, I mean, you know, every every year we kind of go through the same dance, right? Every every year the Madden, you know, creators and, and you know, the, the powers that be kind of put out a message saying that they, they hear the fan base, they understand the fan base, and they're taking them seriously. And then, you know, the, the feature releases come out. And I don't know, I've always actually been a little bit confused as to why Madden releases their feature list as early as they do. Because it seems to me the only reason they would release their feature list, you know, a month, month and a half, two months even ahead of time is kind of get that initial feedback and see if there's things they can tweak before release. But, I mean, some of these things, you, you hear about the Washington Redskins uniform or whatever they're going to be called after the name change comes through. Uh, the disc version of Madden is still going to have the Redskins logo, the Redskins name and the commentary and everything else. Uh, certain modes will be able to get updated digitally, but the discs were already sent to, set to print. Uh, before that whole thing happened. So unless you buy a digital copy, which is what I do nowadays, uh, you're going to get Redskins franchise mode or whatever you have. So, you know, I don't know how easy it is to design or alter video games, but, you know, the, they had to know. I mean, to me, EA Sports, specifically the crew that runs the development of Madden, they either seriously just don't care about their their customers. They just seriously don't care about their target audience. I mean, I understand the, the way they make the most money they make is through the Madden Ultimate Team. Got it, and you can tell that the effort is put into there. But, you know, I, the, the, the franchise was built on simulations. The contract they have with the NFL is built upon a simulation game. And it, the, the mode that they neglect the most is that simulation mode, uh, the franchise mode. You know, and, and I, I agree with a lot of people on social media that they, there are a lot of features that have been in the Madden game in the past that are not in the Madden game now. And it's just, it's, it's kind of fun where every other thing, every other game, every, you know, FIFA, NHL, you know, uh, NBA Live is another one that EA Sports runs that is just absolutely dead in the waters because 2K and, and has has a license with, with the NBA as well because the NBA understands that their brand is better for their fans. There's competition in the market for their brand uh so they allowed that they gave ea sports and 2k uh you know sports out of water in that market uh, and there are even still some 2k fans that are frustrated with 2k saying that they don't do enough nowadays to even further their own game but i can tell you right now if you play madden you play 2k uh, nba 2k you see the difference in effort ingenuity creativity and and focus on making sure the fans enjoy their experience from the 2K crew over the EA Sports crew that run Madden. Uh, I mean, so it just it it's highly frustrating. I'm with everybody. Like honestly, if there was a a group of people, if there was a significant movement, if you want to call it that, uh, 
that we're going towards kind of a boycotting Madden. Like let's, you know, hit them where hit them in the pocket, hit them, you know, in, in the money. Um, I would be on board. I would, I would gladly sacrifice a year of buying Madden if there was enough people, you know, on board to actually put a dent in the profits over at EA sports and EA, because, you know, that's, that's really, I think the only way that you're going to get the NFL attention. We've seen it in, across the board. You know I mean? The players essentially told them, Hey, lower marijuana restrictions or we're going on strike, but we're not coming, we're not coming to an agreement. That's kind of a no, no, you know, you're not crossing that line with us. And what did the NFL do? They lowered the marijuana requirements. So, I mean, again, if, as a fan of football games, you know, video games and all that stuff, I see a lot of people on Twitter and on Facebook ranting and raving angry and all that stuff. But hey, I mean, are you going to go buy the game? Because I'll tell you right now, I'm still going to buy the game. I'm just as angry as you are, but I'm going to buy the game. You know, it might be a roster update, but I'm still going to I'm still going to spend my money on the game. And that's just how it is. You know, so unless people actually want to want to do something to to get their attention up, you know, above clicks and likes on Twitter, uh, it's it's not going to change. Um, so I, I don't know. So it's kind of a it's frustrating, but I don't really see it coming to an end because they've already clearly clearly demonstrated they don't care about what the fans have to say about the game because the money talks louder than the words. Um, and either that or they have people on the crew who literally don't know the NFL fan base. You know, I've, I've come to terms with the fact that we're basically just shelling out money for roster updates. Like, I get it. You know, I, I saw my son play the story mode in Madden, and I'm – I just kind of shook my head. I'm like, this is, I mean, I guess it's something new, but it's terrible. Um, my biggest gripe with Madden is we're looking at their, you know, all their ratings coming out and they're talking about their 99 club and okay. Michael Thomas should not be a 99 overall period. Like I get it. He got a lot of yards last year and he you know, led the NFL in targets. But he's not even in the top 75 players in yards per catch. Like, top 75. The guys down here with, like, Deontay Johnson and Curtis Samuel and Jordan Akins as far as yards per catch. It's like, yeah, okay, I get it. He put up over 1,700 yards. But that's what happens when you get the ball thrown at you 185 times. There's a reason people are calling him the slant king because that's all he does. It's, it's exactly how my buddy used to beat me in Madden all the time. Run slants all the way down the field. Guess what? That's, that's what Michael Thomas is. But outside of that, having Mike Evans rated a 92 behind Devontae Adams, Amari Cooper, and Stefan Diggs is inexcusable. I understand everybody loves Devontae Adams for fantasy and yada, yada. I still don't buy the hype. He's not a better receiver than Mike Evans. Like, if he was, it wouldn't have taken him three years before anybody knew his name in Green Bay. And he's great for fantasy because of the amount of targets he gets. Okay, but that doesn't change the fact that he has, what, one 1,000-yard season under his belt, one. And, you know, I, I talked to, to Stephen Beck about it a few weeks ago on Twitter, and, and he's like, you know, you're, are you really punishing him for having – it was like two or three seasons where he had 997 yards. And it's like, well, is that 1,000? 
because I didn't realize we were talking about receivers that got almost a thousand yards. We're talking about thousand yard seasons to which Mike Evans has had all the seasons at a thousand yards. Didn't matter the quarterback, Winston, Fitzmagic, McCown, Glennon, dude puts up a thousand period. So I was, I was irritated at those rankings um, because, you know, Mike Evans being behind Adams and Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper was forgotten about. He was completely forgotten about. And then he goes to America's team and all of a sudden he's a, he's a receiver again. Come on, get out of here with that. And then not having Chris Godwin in the nineties at all infuriating. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, first and foremost, I think the problem with how the Madden ratings are done is they're, they are, they're largely based off of production. Uh, and, and that's because, you know, in order to make the game feel as real as possible, they want the guys who have the big yards in, the real, in real life have the big yards in the simulation. That's how you get the simulation. And I got that. But at the same time, that, that's why you kind of have this, this situation where you play certain teams and it's almost like you really don't have to understand how that team plays. Like if you play the New Orleans Saints, if you play as the New Orleans Saints, that is, you're Drew Brees, you're Michael Thomas. Again, everybody knows Michael Thomas is getting the majority of his catches, the majority of his yards on those quicker plays, on those slants and everything else. But because of Michael Thomas's stats, like I just went through his stats and just read them. How do you get Michael Thomas to a 99? Well, here's how you get Michael Thomas to a 99. First of all, you give him 92 speed, which I'm sorry, but the dude does not have 92 speed. Uh, you also give him 90-plus agility. Michael Thomas does not have 90-plus agility. You also give him 90-plus uh, uh, release off the line. Michael Thomas, again, does not have 90-plus release off the line. Like, this is not a guy who has a fully stacked repertoire of moves at the line of scrimmage to get off of coverage. He's going to bully you out of coverage. He's going to use his length to get out of coverage. That's the, he's, he's got a very specific skill set um, that makes him successful. It makes him successful in the system that he is but if you play the New Orleans Saints on Madden with these ratings the way they are you can do a seven-step drop run Michael Thomas on a fly route throw it up to him and he's at 90 plus jump he's at 90 plus catch in traffic 90 plus release and 90 plus strength or he's at 76 strength so he's going to come down with that ball nine times out of ten where in reality that's not how the Saints get the ball to Michael Thomas that's not how Michael Thomas does what he does so successfully and so that makes it unrealistic that takes the simulation out of the simulation if you can play the New Orleans Saints as a kid or as a person, adult, you know, uh, you know, whatever age you are, get on the sticks with the New Orleans Saints, throw bombs to Michael Thomas all day long, and come down with 173 yards on eight catches for four touchdowns. That is not realistic. That is not a simulation. And I tell you right now that with those stats, with those ratings that Michael Thomas has, that's exactly what you're going to be able to do in this Madden game: is go out there and just drop bombs with Michael Thomas. And that's not how. That's not real. That's not real life. That's just not realistic. Um, now, if he begins to show that, if, you know, maybe it's just because the Saints haven't asked him to do it. But, again, if you're doing a rating based off of what's supposed to be reality, you should be using what is reality. And, and I got it. They don't ask Michael Thomas to go up and climb the ladder a whole lot. Well, okay, I got it. But use what you have in front of you instead of assuming uh, things. And they're just wanting to get people in 99s. You know, they're just trying to – it's the marketing aspect of it. Uh, as far as Michael, Mike Evans being behind guys like Amari Cooper, Devontae Adams, uh, I know there's Devontae Adams truthers out there who say that everybody's just kind of sleeping on him. You know, uh, I think Devontae Adams might have a little bit more of a versatile skill set than Michael Thomas does. I know he's not as successful, not as productive, but I think his, his abilities, his raw abilities as a wide receiver, uh, maybe a little bit more versatile than Michael Thomas is Mike Evans and Michael Thomas to me are very similar type players and style. 
Um, but I think Michael, Mike Evans has more downfield ability than Michael Thomas has shown. Again, that might be a system thing, but, hey, it is what it is. Um, but, but uh, again, to me, the, the best wide receiver from a raw athlete standpoint is DeAndre Hopkins. And, and uh, DeAndre Hopkins should be, you know, in that vein. I think DeAndre Hopkins, with his combination speed, shouldn't be the fastest receiver in Madden. He shouldn't be the strongest receiver in Madden. But I think that he should definitely be, you know, the top overall receiver because between his get off the line of scrimmage, his ability to fight through press, his ability to swallow space uh, when he's playing off coverage, his ability to manipulate defenders, go up and get the ball at the high point, catch underneath and get away, uh, avoid tackles. Again, not he shouldn't have the highest break tackle rating, but he should have a great ability to avoid tackles and to slip single arm tackles. I think the real problem with Madden's rating system is how generic it is. You know, uh, like catching traffic. Okay, well, catching in traffic 40 yards down the field with a safety and a cornerback on you on a ball that you need to high point or get under is, is different than catching in traffic when you're talking about a quick pass with a cornerback behind you and a linebacker in front of you. Those are not equal situations, but that catch in traffic rating is going to impact those situations in the game uh, equally. Um, again, release off the line of scrimmage. Are we talking about release off the line of scrimmage against press coverage or against off coverage? Because if you're talking about off coverage, you're talking about the ability to not only eat up space quickly, but also manipulate the defender while you're doing it. And when you're talking about press, you're talking about the ability to get off of that jam, get off that press coverage, and get free into your route, whether it's an inside route or an outside route. Releasing outside against press is different than releasing inside against press. So both of those could also be uh, rating attributes. So, I mean, the problem with Madden ratings goes down to the bare bones where they're not rating the intricacies of what the game brings into it. Um, first and foremost, they're generalizing a lot of things that a wide receiver specifically, any of them do, but they're generalizing those things a lot, uh, than, you know, a lot more than, than anything else. And then of course the, the marketing aspect of it, you know, you don't get those cool, uh, players in all gold uniforms if you don't give them 99. So that's, that's something they lean on. Yeah, and real quick, one other thing that we're going to talk about as far as the rankings are concerned is another Buccaneer who ended up in the top three of his position, and that's Rob Gronkowski, who got a 93 overall. He's the third highest rated tight end. And David, I don't, I don't agree with this one either. The guy was out for a full year. How are you know, How is he going to miss a full year of football and then all of a sudden come back in and immediately be – top three at the position again I hope they're right I hope he's a top three tight end this year that would be fantastic but I just don't see how you know again you're talking about how it's supposed to be a simulation you're supposed to be doing this based off of what we've seen on the field well we didn't see Gronk in 2019 so what are they basing his ability on other than the fact that he's Gronk yeah I mean again I'm not you know I'm not behind closed doors or anything and if, if I were in the room kind of dictating how we need to do these ratings and how these ratings need to be developed with a guy like Rob Gronkowski. I would basically go back and say, listen, let's go back to uh, the 2018 film. Let's break down the 2018 film. All right, how, how is his release from the line of scrimmage? How is his pass blocking? How is his run block? Again, you talk about the intricacies of ratings, right, as a tight end. Uh, his in-line blocking is different than his than, than when he's lined up, you know, split out or you know, out wide. Those are, those are different attributes. Those are different skills. And, and every guy should have a different – every tight end should have a different rating for inline blocking versus blocking as a stand-up receiver. I mean, that's, you know, if you want accuracy, that's how you're going to get it. Um, again, same thing. Uh, coverage against linebackers. You know, if you're, if you're against a linebacker. Uh, so going back to the wide receiver thing again, too. So we look at the quarterback range, right? Quarterback 
picks have deep accuracy, short accuracy, and mid-range accuracy. And that is, that's a good thing. Like, that's, that's an accurate part of the game. You know, we see it from Jameis Winston alone. Quarterbacks have different abilities, different accuracy levels, depending on the, the depth of the routes and, and the spots on the field of the routes. Uh, wide receivers and tight ends, running backs, any offensive player should have the same thing. Is Rob Gronkowski better in short routes, intermediate routes, or deep routes? Well, he should have a different rating for each of those things. But anyway, back to the main topic. When you're talking about player you play in 2018, you should take that 2018, you know, look at the film, look at the tape. Okay, what did he do well? Where did he, you know, need help, et cetera, et cetera. And then you take that and you've got to come up with a decision. You've got to come up with a decision that says, all right, we're going to give you, you know, if, if we have a player in, this, in the game that has an injury and misses six weeks, what is their general rating drop-off going to be in development? And then you've got to take that and you've got to extrapolate over 16 weeks. And that's the, that's the degradation you've got to give to Rob Gronkowski's performance line. And I guarantee you it's not going to make him a top three tight end. It's probably not even going to make him a top five. You're probably looking at maybe eight to 12, top eight to 12 tight ends. Because even when he left the game in 2008, he was still one of the better tight ends on the field when he was on the field. Now his injury rating, I expect to be really live and looked at it in detail, but I expect his injury rating to be pretty stinking low. Uh, but, you know, from a talent standpoint, I'm not surprised that it's high. I'm just surprised that it's top three. And you're definitely giving, again, stat scouting, man. Like, it's, stat scouting is not reality. It's, it's, it's fantasy. Like, is this a fantasy game or a simulation game? If you're talking simulation, then you need to get into the bones of the whole thing. And, and I'll say this, too. Another part of the problem might be I don't know how many ratings adjusters they have, but I know there's only one ratings adjuster that I see on Twitter. Uh, who's taking all the heat for the Madden ratings. And this is James, something that you saw in me. I, I got into a little bit of a back and forth. It was, it was a respectful back and forth, so I kept on with it. But we talked for over an hour at least uh, back and forth on Twitter about ratings and, and, you know, coming at somebody who works for the Madden game uh, in certain ways and everything. And you guys all know that I'm a fan of respectful, you know, conversation. If you, if you have a disagreement, fine, just do it respectfully. I had a situation at the UPS store with a manager of the UPS store today. And he decided not to handle it too professionally, but I, I remained calm, handled it professional myself. And we came to a, to a middle ground. And it was a success, successful conversation. But anyway, if he's the only ratings guy for Madden, that's part of the problem. Because you're talking about hundreds of thousands of players. You know, uh, Zach Trider has a 23 overall rating on Madden. Um, and he's got he's to rate that guy. He's got to go through. I mean, so are we asking this one ratings guy to go through and rate every single NFL player for Madden? Because that is an impossible task. And so I honestly, if that's the case, I can't blame him for stats. Guy. I can't honestly, because if you put me in that position, if you say, David Harrison, you are going to come in here, you're going to rate every player for Madden 21, including rookies. And you sit me down in an office and say, here, you have 365 days to rate every single one of these players. I literally have to rate more than one player a day more than two players a day, what is it, three players a day, for an entire year. And I've got to do that every year to keep up with the game. And I've got to make the adjustments in season. That's an impossible task. So if that's what this one person is asked to do, then I get it. But I can't imagine that EA Sports, even EA Sports, would only have one person dedicated to that job. If you ask me, James, honestly, they should have at least three, one for every phase of the game, one for special teams, one for offense, one for defense, per team out there doing these rating valuations. But that's more money off the bottom line. That's more profits out of their pockets, you know, whatever. But, again, it comes to the difference of do you want an accurate game or do you just want to make millions of dollars? It's a Tuesday edition here of the Locked on Bucks podcast. A couple of final notes and nuggets here, uh, you know, as we, uh, as we close things out here. The Buccaneers have agreed to terms or and or signed 
Two of their rookies for this year ahead of reporting to training camp and uh, per Greg Allman, sounds like the, the rookies will begin arriving on Wednesday. But the Buccaneers have signed fifth-round pick wide receiver Tyler Johnson and finalized terms for sixth-round pick Khalil Davis, the defensive tackle out of Nebraska. David, um, I don't know about you, but I kind of expect all of these rookies to be signed by the weekend. I mean, there's really – I can't really see anything getting in the way. It's not like anyone's going to be holding out. It's, it's pretty much – structured and and ready to go yeah i mean i certainly hope so lisa i mean they can't you know uh there, there's very significant restrictions to what they can do in training camp uh if they don't have a contract agreed to so you know we're already working you know behind the deadline we're already working behind the curve they're already missing significant snaps you know bruce arian said almost a month ago they've already missed 400 snaps so how many snaps have they missed since then uh you know the, this isn't the time to play games i guess if you want to call it that but at the same time depending on who these agents are, depending on who these guys are, you know, they could also be looking at it as, hey, this is a situation where we kind of kind of got the team at a disadvantage and they need us to be on the field a little bit faster than we need to be on the field ourselves. Because, you know, especially you look at a guy like Tristan Wirfs, and I'm not saying this is what's happening, but Tristan Wirfs is getting a four-year deal. That's already known. Well, does Tristan Wirfs need to be in training camp as fast, uh, you know, in his rookie season as much as the Buccaneers need him in camp as fast in his rookie season? You know, you could argue – one way or the other. On one hand, well, you know, the longer you're not in training camp, the, the slower your development, the later your development gets started. Got that. But you've got four years to develop as an NFL offensive tackle. You know, so when you talk about four years from now, can you afford to miss a day, a week, uh, in order to kind of put the, put the Buccaneers in a corner and force them to agree to some terms that maybe they wouldn't otherwise? I mean, an agent – I could I definitely see an agent getting into a kid's head and convincing them that, yeah, that's the case. Whereas a team – are you willing for your 2020 season? I mean, you got Tom Brady, you got Rob Gronkowski, you're hosting the Super Bowl. This is a window that's not going to be over. You know, you can't really talk about four years from now. You're worried about this year or next year. So can you really afford to let this kid hold out for a week while you, you know, negotiate over some minute detail of this contract? Um, so I don't know, man. I mean, you know, hopefully they all get done. Hopefully maybe some of it is just they're waiting on them to get into town to finalize their physicals and it's actually already agreed to. They're just not reporting it. I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, I'd be highly disappointed if all these rookies are not ready to go inked, signed, and in town for their first day of training camp. All right. And the last little nugget here is um, the Jets and the Giants released a joint statement that there will be no fans at MetLife Stadium until further notice. That means, you know, no fans at training camp. And it sounds like they won't have any fans in the stands during the 2020 season. David, is this something that you think that the Buccaneers are going to be doing as well? You know, we're talking about the Jets and the Giants. They're kind of in a um, they're kind of in a COVID-19 hotbed as well. You know, the the Bucks are in the middle of a of a COVID-19 hotbed. So is this something you could see the Buccaneers doing, or are you more of the opinion that the Bucks are going to have limited capacity, maybe twenty to twenty-five percent. Because I, I believe that that there will be fans in the stands at Ray J in a limited capacity. But, um, you know, I I understand if they don't. I just find it. I I guess I want to say I find it hard to believe, but at the same time, I wouldn't that they wouldn't have any fans in the stands the year that they get they get Tom Brady a quarterback. But when you're talking about 
<clears throat> the overall health of of your of your fans and and those that would attend the stadium. I understand you have to make that call, but I I would say right now it's too early to to tell. But I would lean towards the fact that there will be limited fans in Ray J in twenty twenty. Yeah, I mean, I can't, you know, I imagine the Buccaneers were going to want fans in the stands, even if it's a limited capacity. Uh, you know, as far as with the Giants and the Jets, I haven't read, you know, the whole release or all the details behind it. But, I mean, New York has been, you know, New York, New Jersey, whatever you want to call it, they've, they've been very strict uh, on, you know, on, on public gatherings and everything. Probably one of the more strict states in the country, despite the fact they also have some of the highest, you know, cases or positive reports in the country. Uh, you know, so I'm not really surprised that the Giants and Jets have gone that direction. I don't know. You know, again, man, I mean, this whole thing is, you know, it, it's become politicized on both sides of the, of the aisle. Neither side is, is innocent of turning this into a political situation. Um, so I don't know how much of that is influenced by the politics of the state of New York. And I know, again, the Giants and Jets actually play in New Jersey, but they're New York teams, whatever you want to call it. So I don't know how much that has been influenced by the politics behind it in New York City and how much of it hasn't because at the same time, the Buffalo Bills, from my understanding, at least at the time we're recording this, have not made a decision. However, upstate New York has a significant, uh, significantly, f- you know, fewer amount of cases. Uh, I actually did the math not too long ago, and New York City accounts for, I want to say, close to 60% of the entire state's positive COVID tests, and then it accounts for almost 80% of the deaths related to coronavirus. And then, you know, of course, we're seeing almost daily reports of, well, this this tally was wrong, and this tally was lied, and these people, like, I honestly am in a position where I don't know what to believe anymore. I'm just kind of going along with what I think is best for my family and I. And, you know, the dust will settle and, and history will tell the story of everything. I'm sure Netflix is going to have a documentary in eight years that is going to expose all the truths and what was true and what wasn't true. And we'll all be like, oh, man, we got duped or, oh, man, I knew I was right. Um, but that being said, you know, I don't know. So if, if it follows the politics of the whole thing, I can tell you right now that upstate New York is more uh, is more or less – on the side of, of a lot of people are overreacting. So I would expect the bills to have uh, a limited capacity. The state of Florida, from my understanding, has been mostly on the side of keeping things open and opening things as much as possible. And I know that there's been some pushback to that. And there's been some reports about biting the state of Florida in the butt. But if that continues, and if that's kind of the theme in the state of Florida, then I expect the Buccaneers to follow suit. And, you know, so on and so forth. The rest of the teams will make those decisions as they come to them as well. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode. Please check out everything David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. Send us your voicemails to 813-444-5841. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Wash your hands, be good to each other. And we thank you so much for joining us right here 